0: Welcome to Bible Bash, where we aim to equip the saints for the works of ministry by answering the questions you're not allowed to ask. We're your hosts, Harrison Carrig and Pastor Tim Mullett, and today we seek to answer the age-old question, do man buns signal the fall of Western civilization? So Tim, why don't you kick us off by just answering that title question for us? What do you think? (laughs) Do man buns signal the fall of Western civilization as we know it?
1: I think yes. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's the episode. See you guys next week. <laughs> that's no, the answer. Yeah. No, I'm just Absolutely. Oh. <laughs> okay.
1: They're, uh, they're a you know, they're, uh, I think they're the signal. Yeah. They signal the fall. I wouldn't say that they're the root cause. They're a symptom of the root cause of, of the fall of the West for sure. But yeah. <laughs> okay. The, the, yeah. Um,
0: so, so maybe, maybe fill out that for us a little more. Is it the, you know, is it the man bun itself or is it the long, you know, the long hair in general? What What's the what's the, you know, I guess the main root of the issue there?
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that uh, there is a pervasive uh, gender confusion that has uh, taken hold of our society where our society is basically rejecting God's purposes for humanity at a pretty uh, fundamental level across the board, and this shows up in all the intersectional stuff. This shows up in the gender role confusion uh, kind of stuff, and and I would say that the uh, man buns are a a symptom of the problem, a significant uh, symptom of how far we've fallen as far as that goes and and the more that we have confusion along those lines, the more that we are setting ourselves up as a people who are ready to be conquered or pillaged as far as that goes. Uh, but then in terms of just the moral issues at stake, uh, the question that you're asking is essentially uh, what's the issue with the man bun in particular? Is it um, the long hair in general or is it the particular style of hair? Is That's kind of where you're going with that? Yeah. Yeah, I would just say yes. <laughs>
0: Yes, to both of them. It's the man bun and the long hair.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's both. It's both men. <laughs> okay,
0: so uh, maybe maybe there's some people listening who are probably thinking, "What in the world? What are they even talking about? What's going What's going on? What am I listening to right now?" Right, um, right, right. So, we,
1: hey, we have a, we have a trigger warning for just that yeah, sort of person. That,
0: that's meant so to be the filter. They, so <laughs> they've been
1: warned. They've been warned. You know,
0: <laughs> fair warning. So we're allowed to do whatever we want now. <laughs> yeah.
1: After you, after you put a trigger warning on, you can say whatever you want. Okay. I I guess that's
0: the rule. Um, and we'll, okay. I mean, why, why exactly, you know, maybe, maybe help those people that are listening. Why exactly are we making such a big deal out of man buns and long hair? Um, you know, is it, is it just like a preference thing? You know, most, maybe most Christians just don't like man buns and long hair or, or is there more to it than that? What, what's the, What's the thinking behind this?
1: Sure. Yeah. In the Bible, you have a series of passages which directly speak to uh, issues related to clothing uh, and then related to hair length uh, in general. So you have some direct passages in the Bible that that seek to address that. So uh, there, there's there's passages like that. So uh, in particular, I'm thinking of, you know, First Corinthians 11. First uh, Corinthians 11:14 says, "Does not nature itself teach that if a man wears hair long, it is a disgrace for him?" And then. You know, so that that's uh, in Paul's letters in the New Testament, and then uh, the Old Covenant law basically says, for whoever does these things, which is um, to wear a garment, pertain-, like if you're a man wearing a garment pertaining to a woman, or a woman wearing a garment pertaining to a man, it says, whoever does these things is an abomination to the Lord, and because of these abominations, the Lord your God is driving them out before you. And so it seems like in both Testaments, uh, those are just um, proof texts, basically, which uh, indicate that God has some sort of issue with a man. um wearing clothing in particular and i think that would you know just very naturally extend to hairstyles uh, pertaining to a woman and then um, just that long hair itself seems to be an issue so you have direct passages like that which are addressing that kind of thing and then you have a lot of examples in the scriptures that would also speak into this kind of subject so it's not just you know two passages like that that uh, you're trying to deal with it's just Uh, the consistent example of scripture that has uh, a lot to say to that too so you you have the passages itself which are which are uh, relevant uh for our consideration related to you know even the types of clothing we wear and the hairstyles we have and and everything else but then i I think um you have there's a logic as in the bible as to why um god is saying something like that meaning if you 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 can just look at the command and say, hey, well, that just seems pretty arbitrary and everything else. But then you could ask the follow-up question, well, why is God commenting on those sorts of things? And isn't he more interested in the heart than the externals and everything else? And so part of what you do is just, um, you you need to interpret the passages which are are relevant, and then you need to uh, essentially think through uh, God's motivation and given those passages and how that all applies. And, and then, you know, there's, um, we're we're living in a society right now who basically, um, are so far removed from that kind of worldview that it just seems confusing. It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, but uh, where do you want to go with it uh, as far as that goes?
0: Yeah, I, I guess, you know, just with that last thing, obvious you said, basically we live in a culture that's kind of really far removed from all that. And I even remember, you know, I read the you maybe you remember this too but um i read that specific passage 1 Corinthians 11 verse 14 and um i remember going to you and basically asking is this really saying that men can't have long hair that seems kind of crazy uh you know and and just like just not something a way that we think in our society and and i'm sure probably most people uh who don't who like don't have an issue with with long hair they might look at a verse like that and either just throw it out altogether basically saying ah well you know who knows what that's supposed to mean move on you know or or um be tempted to say hey anyone who actually tries to enforce a verse like this is just being legalistic so When it comes to that verse specifically, uh, you know, is this just like a, hey, look, that was then, this is now kind of thing, you know, maybe in their culture, it wasn't, it wasn't really widely accepted. But then in our culture, you know, it seems more and more like it is widely accepted for a man to have long hair and that be normal. Um, uh, So are we just being like legalistic with, with. Our application of what this verse seems to be saying from Paul.
1: Uh, yeah, <laughs> well. Legalistic uh, legalism in common parlance is any serious attempts to obey the Bible. To <laughs> 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 uh, particularly where it's uh, controversial. So I would say, and under that definition of legal, is it legalistic. I guess we are, you know, so, <laughs>
0: so
1: <laughs> if that's what it means. But, You're giving uh, everybody you know,
0: ammunition to. <laughs> <them>.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Call me a legalist if <laughs> trying to obey the Bible means I'm a legalist. But uh, so sure, yeah. But um, no, I, I think. Uh, Um, you you know the liberals are are very adept at playing this kind of game with the scriptures in general where they basically just look at a passage and say hey that's uh, you know time-bound culturally relative and you know um, we know better now and you know now and, and, and that can be done in kind of a crude form where you know the logic of the liberal project is essentially I mean it ends up with people basically just saying that Jesus was a you know, a bigoted uh, first century two, uh, Jew, man of his own time kind of thing. And, you know, like we uh, know better now today than they did then. And the Bible's filled with a lot of cultural pre- uh, prejudices that we now find to be, you know, monstrous and everything else. And so uh, the, the liberals are, are adept at playing that game. And one of the things that's amazing to me is that when you get to passages like this, yeah uh, conservative christians uh, there's there's a few passages where this kind of impulse shows up with the conservatives so conservatives you know there's there's a lot of you know people who believe in gender roles and believe in um uh, you know like that abortion is wrong and everything else but when it comes there's a few passages like this and this is one of those where we just you know go we just sound like you know um uh, we just sound like uh, crazed liberals at this point, and, and we're just saying the same kind of thing that they they say, and, and that's always concerning. Like in terms of just what, whatever you do, you don't want to. <laughs> use the same kind of trite arguments as a li- liberal would do and we, we'll do the same thing with like capital punishment laws in the old testament and things like that the angular passages the things that the conservatives don't know what to do with uh, or you know uh discipline uh, corporal punishment of children and every, what do you, we just sound very much like that and I, I think that's always a dangerous place to be so whatever it is that you're doing even if you're arguing that there's some kind of um uh, time bound application or something along those lines are, um, one of the things that I think you want to make it very clear is that you, you want to point people to what obedience looks like, even in that kind of arrangement. And we're not doing a very good job of, of basically, um, Uh, of doing that even you know even if there's an area where we wonder was that a unique cultural application but we're not doing the work of showing well what is the right application today uh kind of thing and so what it feels like is that we very much are doing a thomas jefferson approach to the bible where you just cut out the parts you don't like and that should be troubling so um it like i think um that kind of posture you know we, we have to do something better with it as far as that gets concerned so but but maybe you can repeat the Repeat the question you're getting at now?
0: Yeah, so I think I think you answered um the first part of it just mainly being, you know, essentially is this verse just kind of like a, a cultural cu- yeah, culturally oh, right, right, right. motivated saying that Paul is giving that maybe it applies to the Corinthian church but then it doesn't necessarily apply in the same way for us.
1: Yeah, yeah, let me, well, I think the reason why, what's happened is, um, and feminism is the culprit here, as it is with so many things, and, and, you know, as I've said in one of the shorter um, podcasts we've done, when I'm criticizing feminism, I'm not criticizing women I'm criticizing an uh, ideology essentially that is that both w- men, women and men share and and the basic idea of feminism is basically to blur any distinctions between male and female so one of the things that happens is you're living in a society that is so pervasively dominated by feminism essentially and, and that whole project basically it doesn't see any difference between male and female in terms of uh, their ontology or God's purposes or God's design for them and so when you're living in a society like that Like, that sees no functional difference between male and female as far as that goes. Like, we, like, we, we, we we don't even notice the obvious biological differences very much as far as that goes but we're trying to blur the line basically you know a woman is just in our society a better man <laughs> but yeah. there's no that's the way it works i mean but there's no difference between male and female in terms of their function gods purposes for them like you know a woman can do anything a man can do and better and, and so but when you when you go that route then what we're we're at a passage right now that is Pointing to a clear, creational difference that Paul is grounding in nature itself, okay? So, I mean, essentially, Paul's argument in this passage is that, like, a woman, if a woman has long hair, verse 15, it is for her glory, for her hair is given to her for a covering. So, a woman's long hair is meant to uh, be a mark of beauty for a woman, and it's meant to uh, to be something that is uh, praiseworthy for her. But then nature itself, Paul is saying, is teaching that a man, if a man wears long hair, it is a disgrace to him. And so, what's happening there is that the Bible is giving a very clear difference in the purpose between a man and a woman, and how um, just something as simple as like a hairstyle can either uh, reflect the creative purpose God has for uh, for a woman. Or it can be a a source of disgrace based on nature. So basically, this is like, and this is why you can't just like wave your hand and dismiss this as some sort of cultural relic. Because there's an argument that's being made from from nature, meaning God's design. Uh, God's design for men and women has some relevance to hairstyles is the point. And now because we don't think in those terms that there's any difference between God's design for men and women, what what that means is you look at a passage like this and you just don't know what to do with it because functionally you're trained to think men and women are essentially the same kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, maybe with a little bit different parts, but then functionally that, you know, a woman can do anything a man can do probably better, you know, (laughs) and that kind of thing. And so like, we're, we're basically designed for the same purpose. We don't know the difference. And so then these things just appear completely baffling, but then God does have a purpose, you know, for like, there's a reason, like based on the way God created us and made us as to why long hair on a man is disgraceful and short and uh, short hair on a woman is disgraceful. It's based on his design for men and women, which is fundamentally not the same design and he doesn't have the same purposes in mind, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So,
0: and, and just to clarify something that you had said earlier, when it comes to this passage, the enforcing of it, it's not legalism to hold men and wi- women to these standards in general any more than it's legalism to say, hey, you know, we need to be loving the Lord our God and, and we need to be loving our neighbor as ourself, right?
1: Well, sure. Yeah. I mean, and over and over and over again, you can read the gospel of John and the epistles of John and, and you hear that, you know, what does it mean to love God? You know, if, uh, if you love me, you will keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. I mean, you just look up, keep his commandments in the Bible and you're you're going to get a lot of references at, that are connected to love God if you say you love God and you keep and you don't keep his commandments you're a liar and the truth is not in him so whatever it means to say Jesus is lord means to follow his commands and follow his purposes and follow his design for the world and not fight it and, and that's one of the things that, the problem that we're living in in our society right now is we've rejected God's design for humanity at every conceivable way and and the long uh, and the man buns on the men is just a symptom of a, a of a like a metastasized rebellion which is ultimately yes signaling the fall of whatever western civilization stood for i mean it was basically founded on a judeo-christian worldview that we're trying to chuck um uh, uh you know toss over the side of the boat as fast as we possibly can but maybe it'd be helpful just to say um um explain what i mean so uh, basically what i'm what i'm trying to say is that this passage in 1 Corinthians 11, the reason why we have a hard time with it is because we don't have any understanding of the difference between men and women in terms of their design by God. And so then it just feels like it's just a purely arbitrary thing, and oh, it must have just been a cultural relic and you know, a prejudice they had at the time, and you know, maybe we don't share that, and maybe it wasn't really a big deal, and we don't really understand the significance of it, and that's the problem, right? Mm-hmm. So, but then, if you say, well, what is God's design? and And this is where it gets really offensive, and so... Uh, God's designed women to be pretty, and God has designed men to be strong. Mm -hmm. That's the point, okay? So then, like, like that's not all that God has designed women to do. So and, and people go there with it when I say something like that, uh, and, and that's mostly just because uh, of listening comprehension problems. <laughs> yeah. As far as that goes. I don't understand why you know people do that kind of thing. It's just um, it's kind of a childish thing that reflects poor listening skills. But but what I said was God has designed women to be beautiful or pretty, and God's designed men to be strong. And so you know Paul's frequent admonition to men is to be strong, to act like men. And that's because that's a created feature. The woman is described as the weaker vessel. And, and, you know, one of man's jobs is to protect his woman because men are significantly stronger than women. That's the way things work. Um, uh, Just, you know, every single athletic competition in the world would bear witness to that brute reality as far as that goes. Uh, But then, you know, you look at, um, uh, like, just read through the Bible and one of the things that you're going to find is that over and over and over again, women are described in the Bible as being beautiful it's one of the main adjectives to describe women and it's a pretty interesting thing if you if you pay attention to it if you have eyes to see and uh, you know ears to hear just read through the scriptures and notice how many times that the divine author commented comments you know does the ghastly thing you know uh, uh, exposes these women in the passage to the male gaze of objectifying them based on their looks, you know, uh, and it's, uh, but, but I mean, it's amazing. You know, you think about it, like Sarah was described as beautiful. She was so beautiful that uh, Abraham was afraid for his life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the same thing with Isaac, you know, with Rebecca, Rebecca was, uh, you know, so beautiful that he was scared. He was scared also, you know, uh, the um, um, Jacob's um, um, wives, Rachel and Leah, uh, Rachel was beautiful in form and appearance, meaning she had a great body and she had nice, you uh, know, uh, uh, a nice face you know that's what it's saying uh, and then you know Leah her eyes were delicate or weak she had pretty eyes you know but then you think through the whole like you just read through the Song of Songs and one of the things you're going to find reading through the Song of Songs is that over and over and over again like 50 times like the woman's described as I- I'm just making up a number on the spot but it's a lot <laughs> yeah but I mean it's just beautiful you're you know beautiful you're, uh, you're beautiful among women uh, you're the fairest among all women you know, that your neck kind of thing. is like a tower <laughs> yeah, but then even in those descriptions He's, he's, he, just, he says beautiful right. over and over again, even in the tower. <laughs>
0: yeah, might be lost uh, on on our yeah, uh, modern uh, modern readers. Uh, yeah. on his Hair book. is like
1: a flock of goats. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, this might man. be more akin
0: to insults in our. Yeah, in our day. I
1: saw a picture of that one time. Uh, that was uh, it, it wasn't lovely, but uh, <laughs> we've lost the symbolism. But 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 the thing though is like over and over and over again, uh, women are described as being beautiful, and then you get the first Peter, and it says. It's like women are told, hey, don't let your beauty be merely external, but also work on the character of a heart. Because, you know, like as the Proverbs say, uh, you know, you can put a gold ring in a pig's snout and, you know, bad character doesn't help anything, right? And so, like the thing is, like uh, every little girl, every little girl wants to be pretty. And every little you girl... I'm speaking in generalities here, but, I mean, every little girl wants to be pretty, and every little boy's boy wants to be strong, and that's the way it works. That's the way it works, you know, and that's the way God's designed them to do, and there's no way you can, you can break it. Now, like some women just, like, throw their hands up in the air and say, hey, you know, maybe I'm never going to live up to this you know, subjective standard of beauty, whatever, you know, that men have. And, you know, I don't just exist here for men. And then they, you know, pursue feminism and try to make themselves as revolting to look at as they possibly can. Uh, but then that's a rejection of something that, like, that that just proves the point. You, you get what I'm saying? Like, it's just, like, that's just proven the point. God's designed men, women to be beautiful. He's designed men to be strong. And, like, a man can do the same kind of thing and just, you know, I'm never going to be this manly man, whatever else. And so he, you know, pursues effemacy with all he has. Uh, But then the point remains the same. And so then, like, if that's true, just in terms of God's design of things, this is just part of why this is not just arbitrary. If that's true as far as God's design for men and women is fundamentally different. Which is obvious because men are looking for women who are attractive. (laughs) And women are, uh, you know, if you live, you know, if the zombie apocalypse is right there, you know, you know, like a woman's going to want a strong man. She's not going to want the pansy effeminate guy with the long hair and who cries, you know, when he... uh, When he gets to the next round of the singing competition, you know, she doesn't want that guy to protect her from the zombie horde, you know, she, she wants someone else, you know? And so like women value different things than men because God's made us differently as far as that goes. And women, uh, how many times have you seen like the, you know, the beautiful girl uh, married to the, you know, the questionable looking guy you know and it's like how did he pull that off right, well, it's like he has right. a lot. he has a lot of other things like he has a lot of charisma and, and you know confidence and you know he doesn't know that he should be embarrassed of his appearance you know but <laughs> as far as that goes but i mean it's just women are looking for different things than men and the psychologists the sociologists would tell you you yeah, know this it's just god's world It's how how it's designed and so Just let me just uh, say one more thing, and then we'll uh, just related to that. You know, have you ever noticed girls fight?
0: Have I ever noticed them fight? Have you
1: ever watched Have you ever watched videos online or at school? Remember, like girls fighting with each other,
0: Uh, where they're like clawing at each other and everything, (laughs) clawing at each other
1: and grabbing their hair, Uh and I mean it's just gruesome, right? Yeah, it's gruesome. I mean it's just awful to look at. Uh, But then the thing is, it's just like now. I think about those, you know, girl cat fights that are happening with all the scratching and the claw and the pulling of the hair. You know, you can picture those videos of the one girl on top of the other pulling her hair and kicking her and everything else, and it's just awful to look at. But like the thing is, long hair is like a liability in combat. <laughs> okay, so it does not nature itself teach that long hair is like a shameful thing for a Well, because men are designed for different things. So think about like the. You think about the way the world actually works. There's evil in the world that needs to be stopped. And you grow your hair out long, you're going to end up like that. That's why no UFC fighter has long hair. That's why no boxer has long hair. That's why, like, no, like, like there's an example of Absalom having long hair in the Bible, right? And people will often say, well, I guess that means long hair is okay, right? Well, the problem was, like, narratives, they, um, they show you theology, they don't tell you theology me, like, in the same way meaning like what was what was the moral of the story with absalom 's hair? Well, do you remember what happened to him when he died
0: <laughs> tell us. <laughs> he,
1: he got his hair caught in a tree and he was he was you know, he was being chased uh, by David's men and he you know, he has this thick, long, luxurious hair or whatever. He's riding off. He his his hair is so thick it gets caught in a tree and he's hanging there and one of David's men go comes up and you know, spears him to death. And so like but that just like that's like that's the thing. Like that's like um men are made for a different purpose and uh made for a different design than women and so nature does like teach like in terms of like people's function in the world like there are things like that that's a liability when it comes to you don't want some big long flowing mane if you're going to war right with other people you, you don't you don't want that like, uh, you, like you, you don't like that's um, going to give your enemy an advantage uh, but then you know men like typically lose their hair too and they can't hold on to it in the same way (laughs) or a lot of men do lose their hair and everything else nature itself even teaches that you know women um like men and women are different you know and and and, you know that like long hair in women has been a universal feminine symbol of femininity since time began because this is god's world and this is how he made us and so anyways there's just some thoughts on that there's a lot more that could be said
0: related to that too um so if i could just kind of summarize real quick essentially um the reason paul is writing against long hair is because basically for a man to have long hair is essentially to reject the design that god had for him as a male is that is that fair to say
1: yeah i've given some kind of like um Creational reasons why that's not just a purely arbitrary thing related to the Bible, the biblical passages and everything else. But then there's something, um, like you're talking about rejecting of the design that God has for you. There's something, um, let me, so I, I remember when, let, let me give you an example about how it's a rejection. So one of the things that's happening is it's like functionally, it's practically, doesn't fit the design God has for men to be strong, women to be beautiful, but then, like it, like if a man wears long hair, what one of the things that's happening there is he's sing, he's signaling uh, in a very um, overt, like he's doing something that is fundamentally rejecting God's design for him in a way that. Um, there are, there are a lot of examples like that. So when, like, uh, men started wearing their sister's pants, you know, I, I remember growing up, all of a sudden that became a trend. And you know, when I was in my early college, that, like, guys would start wearing their sister's pants, and all of a sudden the skinny jeans came from after that. But when men did that, they were basically fundamentally going to war against God's um, creation of male and female. So in the beginning, he made them male and female. God has designed men and uh, and women to be fundamentally different. And when you do that kind of thing, when you wear a garment pertaining to a woman, what you're doing is you're rejecting, like these creational differences. You're trying to intentionally blur, blur those lines. And so when when the guys did that, you know, you roll your eyes at it and you think, how in the world can you even fit in those things? Like, what's wrong with you? You know, so like there's a eye roll. You're kind of emasculating yourself. But I remember when um, Hillary Clinton came on the scene, like as a politician she was doing something very similar to that Uh, she um and i remember that you know even as a pagan this stood out to me as being something abomination about it immoral about it uh and and, you know she she came on the scene wearing the pantsuit right Mm -hmm. and now every female politician wears the pantsuit and everything else and what they're doing is something very like specific And, and you know what they're doing like what they're doing is they're basically trying to you know instead of wearing the dresses and all that like uh you know, old Barbara Bush did. <laughs> like one of the things that you you find is like they're trying to present themselves as a man because there there is an intentional effort to blur gender roles. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so when God says like don't like it's an abomination for you know people to wear clothes of the opposite sex, the point there is that like what you're doing is you're rejecting. Uh, his design for you you're rejecting roles your like your your uh clothing your hairstyles they're saying something about you know how like um uh your willingness to follow God's purposes in that way and so uh and and these are symbols that are designed to do that kind of thing if that makes sense
0: mhm yeah so it so it's essentially yeah that that rejecting of God's design for men and women um so i guess may maybe help us out a little bit here you know obviously it's one thing to say all right if you've got long hair then you're breaking this command you're you're essentially um you're essentially you know like i said earlier rejecting god's design for men and women but then it doesn't necessarily Define how long is long hair so so what are, what are we supposed to do with that? I mean it it's a pretty serious thing to reject God's design for you, but then it's also hard to know just uh, based on a passage like this, exactly where is that point where you ventured from just you know uh, a thick, full head of hair to now all of a sudden woman's hair. Right. So so how exactly are we supposed to know how long is too long?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, let me um, I'll I'll answer that in two ways. I'll talk about how long is too long and then talk about the rejection, because I don't with the rejection. I don't know that there's in every case, you know, someone has uh, long hair in particular. I don't know that there's some kind of intentional. Um rejection of god's design in that it's not knowledgeable but i would say that functionally you're living in a world that is trying to reject that and so then these trends kind of become popular if that makes sense Mm
0: -hmm. kind of as like a like they're popular because they're rebellious in people's minds
1: yeah and everyone knows you know you see a guy in a man bun that's edgy right and what edgy what edgy means is it's just like you're um essentially uh you're doing something that's suspect, you know. Now it's just like now: Are we just purely tossing off a, you know, a arbitrary cultural r- relic of Western civilization, or is it something, uh, like that, is is more than that, right? And so, is it just is it something more significant? Uh, but I would say everyone who's doing that it doesn't necessarily have some intentional overt rejection of God's purposes in mind, but. You know, we need to talk about that. So, uh, like, what? What? How do we process that too? But then, uh, related to the, uh, how long is too long? Kind of <laughs> <laughs> a discussion. I mean, I, tell I us, think, in, uh,
0: preferably in, in inches. In inches,
1: yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I I always hate those kind of questions because those kind of questions are uh, kind of like, um, you know, how far can we go? You know, <laughs> as a couple. You know, it's like, well, I mean, I think you want to. Uh, My kids do this all the time. It's just like I, uh, you know, I tell them, hey, don't get on the stage, you know. And so then they decide to, like at church or whatever, don't get on the stage. And and then they'll try to, instead of getting on the stage, they'll jump on the steps right next to the (laughs) stage. (laughs) They were doing that this week. And it's just like, come on, you know, like (laughs) – And then you know, then it's like, then they're going to jump on the steps on the stage, and then accidentally fall on the stage and be like, "Oh, it was an accident." You know, it's just like, well, yeah. I mean, you know, if you stay away from the stage, period, you will not even have to worry about that. Right. You know, or I'll tell them, don't don't go on the road, and they'll stand like like two inches from the road. You know, <laughs> and and then like put their head over. You know, it's just like you know that that's just human nature wanting to get up on the line as far as that goes. And I think, um, I think, yeah, I, I. Um, I would say that, um, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's helpful. I mean, I, I would say like in the extreme, I mean, it's like, these things are just easier to, you know, you have someone with waist length hair, you know what you're talking about, you know? And I think, you know, what you're talking about way before that, you know, I think, you know, what you're talking about way before that, like in terms of like where we're at, you know, I think, um, my grandpa used to preach on this kind of thing, and he, uh, he was, he had a little bit of legalistic tendencies where he was, um, uh, uh, you know, he, he, I think he defined it as anything below the ears, <laughs>
0: Okay,
1: <laughs> but I, I don't want to say that, but I would say that, uh, I, I would say that I think, you know, I think we all know, like, um, I think everyone knows, you know, for the most part, um, what we're talking about it. And like, I think we're kind of playing dumb if we don't, you know, like, uh, I think we we all kind of intuitively know, like, I think whenever you're at that point where you're looking at a person from the back and you don't know what you're looking at necessarily. (laughs) Uh So I think if you want to know a good test for where the line is, like if you just imagine yourself sitting behind someone in church and all you can see is maybe their neck, Uh, your neck and slight bit of shoulders hanging over the chair and you're unsure, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's, that's what it is. That's too
0: far. We've, we've gone to, we've gone into effeminate territory. if
1: If you know, if you don't know, if you don't know what you're looking at from behind necessarily, you know, now some guys can like, the problem is some guys are so like, you know, Cobra back and everything else that it's just like, You know what you're looking at, you know, like, you know, and so, but then I would say just picture, um, a more narrow shouldered guy. Um, I would say picture a more narrow shouldered kind of guy who without a whole lot of muscle kind of guy, whatever the line is for him would probably be the line for everyone. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. Or if he can do like the, the messy bun trend or something that's going around, that might be like the. All right. I I don't know exactly where the line is, but this has gotta be past it somehow. Well yeah,
1: it's this it's the same thing with it, you know, and I've often noticed this with women, like um like and I would try to give the same example. Like often it's like, well, how do you know when something is immodest for a woman, right? Well the problem is that there are like women who are curvier than others, right? But then like like what what generally happens is like with the women who are curvier than others, they get a lot more critiques on their immodesty. But then you know you could like picture a you know pixie boyish girl body type wearing the same kind of scandalous immodest thing, but no one cares because it's just like you have a different body type, and it doesn't. You you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So, but then the thing is, it's just like whatever would be risque for the curvier girl is often is going to be risque for the um more um, pixie girl kind of thing. You Mm -hmm, know what I'm saying? mm -hmm. Like boyish girl. Like like it's just, and I would say the same thing along this lines is like the issue is not what, the issue is not, can you identify this as a man? The issue is like, um, we just zero in on the hair itself. When, when does it become confusing? And I think we all know, you know, with it, so I don't know that I'm going to pull my tape measure out and try to tell you, <laughs> but I think we all know, you know, that uh, would
0: it be easier if about. we measured in qubits like the Bible <laughs> normally measures things? Or
1: <laughs> uh, no one knows what that even measurement <laughs> is. <laughs> so, all right, so part. not easier, <laughs> not easier. Yeah. Okay. Now, uh, here's the thing, though. I mean, I think here's part of why it's subject. Part of why uh, people react. Okay, and um, part. Is is because like there's um, one of the things that's happened, and let me just let me have one more monologue here just to explain uh, why this is. Yes, yes, just one more. Uh, Here's what's happening. So like one of the things to realize is that Christians, by and large, were being trained by the world to uh, have a very narrow uh, view of communication. That's pretty irrational. So like you know, uh, if you were to What's something that your wife made recently? Food.
0: Sorry, say that again?
1: Yeah, tell me tell me a meal your wife made recently.
0: She made gumbo the other night.
1: All right. So, if you were to come up, go up to your wife and you say, "Hey, you know, what what's for dinner tonight?" and she said, "Gumbo." And you said, "Oh, gumbo again?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what would she assume?
0: <laughs> uh, I guess he doesn't want gumbo.
1: okay now but like if you were to pull out your dictionary right and say hey honey like you know oh gumbo again what's the problem right (laughs) (laughs) why would you conclude from oh gumbo again that i didn't like your gumbo
0: (laughs) it's not what you said it's how you said it
1: (laughs) okay all right so but then like that tells you um that tells you something doesn't it like I mean, that tells you something about how communication actually works. There's more to it than just the words, right? Uh, but then, like, if you think about um, how we communicate, we communicate in a lot of different ways. And so, I mean, just you know, don't actually picture this, you know. But um, well, you know, just picture some, you know, meth girl. Right? You can, you can, because it won't cause you to stumble this way. You know, just picture some sort of meth girl standing on, you know, the street corner, you know, wearing a dress that's way too short and you know winking at you subjectively and in everything else what would you assume is happening there as you pull up to the red light
0: (laughs) this lady's a prostitute
1: okay now but if she looked at you and said how dare you objectify me you know what would your response be
0: i would just I guess just throw my hands up in the air and say, I don't know anything anymore then. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, but like and part of the rules of the game are is essentially like y- y- you have this kind of play that's being run across the board. Um, and now this feels like it's changing the subject, but it's not like you have this play that's being run across the board in our culture, in our society, where you know, like just to take women for example, they'll dress uh, provocatively, and then if anyone notices, then they're mortally offended. You know, how dare you objectify me and everything else? And it's like, well, well, the problem is you're sending mixed signals here, right? <laughs> like, what, what do you, what do you want to happen here, right? So you're, you're dressing in such a way as to attract interest and then you know if a man in the workplace shows you interest then you're mortally offended if he didn't happen to be the kind of guy you're wanting to show interest to you but you're you're advertising that's what you're doing you know like you're dressing in such a way that is communicating certain things right and so like if a man walks around and we do this all the time you know like like, uh, the opposite way with men so if a man walks around he talks with with a lisp and then like he you know has his uh his wrist uh pointed up in a limp-wristed kind of form, you know, and he kind of presses around and and everything else. Everyone knows what you're communicating with that. Everyone knows, right? I mean, everyone knows that you're communicating that um, you're open to same-sex relationships. But then if anyone calls him on it, what happens? It's like, well, you don't know that, right? You don't know that. How do you know that? He may just be feminine, you know, and everything else. It's like, well, he's flagging that he's a homosexual. Why shouldn't we just believe what he's saying, Right. So, why is it more charitable to assume he's not when he's acting like one right but then what so but then like you're living in the in a kind of society right now if you make certain assumptions along those lines like like if you if you do that kind of thing um uh, uh, then like there's always this plausible deniability, and you you have society that's backing you that basically just says, "Hey, who knows what they're saying right who's who knows you don't know. You don't know. You don't know what the girl's trying to say. You don't know what the the, the sodomite uh, is trying to say. And I would just say, well, okay. But like we used to know that there's different ways to communicate yeah, and, and that our communication says a lot. That's what we used to know. And so as it relates to things like this, like um, one of the things that's happening is, you know, if you want to communicate to the world that you're feminine, then what do you do? You wear a sign of femininity on your head, right? <laughs> you, you put your, you grow your hair out and everyone would say, Hey, you know, he has girl hair, you know, <laughs> and then you put it in a bun. It's a girl hairstyle. And so what you're doing is you're sending a bunch of mixed signals, right? That's what you're doing. But then the problem is you're living in a kind of society right now that basically says we're not allowed to notice. And so I think that there's a lot of people who are caught up in the delusion and then they don't even know what they're doing. Does that make sense? So it may not be a conscious kind of um, – it may not be a conscious, knowledgeable rejection of God's design for them that they're engaging in, but that's that's exactly what – satan is doing at every single level and the more that we do this you know you train men to be feminine in all their character traits and you know in their dress Uh, i mean you you just just think about all the shows that are on tv you know you can't can't even watch a like a singing show or something like that without seeing that at every single point effeminacy is in men is being like thrown in your face and then at every single point masculinity in women is being praised at every single point and this is just symptomatic of this larger project to get men to dress like women to take their hairstyles as women to talk like women to act like women to to cry like women it's just a a a larger cultural project that's happening and then it's to get women to reject femininity at every single point and to look like men to dress like men to you know be strong like men and and that's why you know you know (laughs) what is the primary thing that we tell women to encourage them now. Well, you're a strong, powerful woman, right? It's just like, oh, come on, cut it, you know, <laughs> cut it out. No, like, uh, why Why are we doing this? You know, women are, you know, men have two and a half times the upper body strength as women. What are we even talking about? You're like, go sell crazy somewhere else, you know? Uh, But, like, that's not, like, reason, that's not rational, you know, but then, like, what's happening at, so what I'm trying to say is there's different ways we communicate, and when you, when you you adopt a symbol of femininity on your head, essentially you're communicating something with, uh, with that, and you, like, and, you know, if we call you on it, then... At the very least, you're, you're sending mixed signals, and I would just say you should uh, you shouldn't be so indignant about it. It's like you're like the streetwalker on the s- side of the corner who's looking the part, dressing the part, acting the part. And if someone comes along and says, "Hey, um, you know what? How much? You know?" Then uh, uh, and obviously a Christian shouldn't do that, but you understand the metaphor. You you can't you you're you're <laughs> you'll forgive them for making that kind of assumption. Uh, in the very least, you should, you know, if you were sane. But um, so that's part of what's going on.
0: So as part of what you're saying, essentially, there might be out there Christians who are who are perpetuating this idea that long hair on men should actually be okay. But then, if they were, at, if they actually had all this explained to them, they would realize, they would realize, oh, hey, I don't, I don't need to keep my hair like this anymore. Um, but because because we live in a society that essentially wants to attack masculinity and femininity at every turn, you know, it's no surprise that even Christians and 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 not only they attack it, but then the church isn't necessarily really ever talking about this. I don't I don't know that I've ever heard anyone talk about yeah. this subject, which is why when I read the passage. I came to you and I was like, is this for real? <laughs> basically. Yeah.
1: Well, and it's so, it's so contrary to egalitarianism, right? Right.
0: right. Um Which
1: is this, the air we breathe essentially. I right. mean, that's what we're breathing. And so,
0: so, so, so kind of in the same vein as um with our discussion with Conley Owens, where he was basically saying, Hey, look, there's a lot of faithful guys out there who are in violation of this principle that I'm setting forth that I, I see in scripture now i don't I don't want to like go out and say all of a sudden, all these really faithful guys are now false teachers, but then that doesn't at the same time that doesn't excuse the sin that's happening there, but then you know it makes sense that there's so many people violating it because nobody's really talking about this in the same way with the long hair discussion, there's probably. Christians out there who have long hair, but then they 've just never been shown any of this stuff and they they 've never really been trained to think this way so so they don't even realize that when they have long hair that there's any sort of command or um, you know, creational design that they're violating is is that kind of what you're saying
1: sure yeah i I think um, there's um <sighs> I think that we all have a conscience in us that we suppress and you know, there's like within all of us, a desire at times to be edgy or to be provocative or to, you know, push boundaries. Like that's just like symptomatic of the human condition. So, I mean, I can imagine different types of people in this kind of discussion. Uh, to where, you know, you you let your hair grow and you let it grow and it keeps on growing. And I, I can imagine a kind of person who feels a little bit internally like, oh, is this all right? You know, but then they go with it and they go with it. And, they, and, and they're kind of silencing that kind of voice that was there a little bit kind of thing. And then, you know, after a little bit, it's just like, okay, it, it they've successfully seared all that. And then, but then, so, but I would say, yes, I I think that kind of reaction might be, I think your standard red blooded American male who's, you know, wearing, uh, your sister's pants kind of thing. Like the first, the pioneers of that project definitely knew what they were doing, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) Yeah. They knew what they were doing much more than like people coming along afterwards and basically just, um, like, um. Now you have skinny jeans, which are not exactly the same as a style and something, you know, might be totally different with that than the other thing. But then, like, what I mean is, I just think that there's people along the spectrum, like the, the pioneers are probably much more aware, and then, like, the people who are just kind of caught up in it. I would say that we don't have a framework of how men and women are different at this point. And so, as our society is rapidly decaying at every single level, like, things, strange things have happened. And so, like, my dad, you know, like, just to give you an example, my dad, growing up, he told me, you know, stand up straight with your shoulders back, right? Lock, he told me, walk like a man, act like a man, talk like a man you know he told me these things you know and he he applied it very specifically to you know like the things um he taught me the kind of things that if i ever ended up in prison <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: <laughs> what a turn! Uh,
1: he, he taught me the kind of things that if i ever ended up in prison i wouldn't be easy you know pray <laughs> you, you get what i'm saying
0: uh-huh.
1: like he taught me those kind of things to where like uh like to you, you don't want to signal with the way he t- my dad taught me how to walk like he taught me how to walk in a way that um didn't appear weak Okay. Uh, and like, and so that didn't just signal weakness. So he taught me how to stand, how to sit, how to walk, how to, you know, be assertive. He taught me those kind of things. But then part of what's happening with when feminism like entrenches itself in a society. Like it has right now, and all these things are blurred. You have society at every single level praising femininity and encouraging men to like embrace it full heartedly. But then someone like Jordan Peterson comes along and says, "Hey, you know, stand up straight with your shoulders back, right?" And everyone's like, "Whoa, profound wisdom, right?" (laughs) Like, make your bed, you know. Whoa, profound wisdom. But it's like that's the stuff my dad taught me, you know. And he's being a dad to people who have basically been trained to be women, right? but then the thing is it's just like these are just basic like uh he's not a christian coming up with that he's just basically as a psychologist a behavioral psychologist looking around and saying these are the things that constitute success if you want people to take you seriously you don't uh, simper around right and cry at every re- you know every minute you know and you 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 dress in a way that commands success you, you walk in a way that commands you know, uh, attention, you talk, you, you do those kind of things, but then we're, we're wired in such a way that when a woman sees those kind of things, she's typically attracted to that. She's not, uh, going, going to be attracted to the guy who's slouching and, you know, with the poor posture and who looks weak and, and everything else. And so like, the thing is like, those things are there and those things are real. And so I think that there's a lot of people in our society right now who like, they just haven't had a dad come along and tell them, like stand up straight with your shoulders back and and everything else. And so then, you know, for them, like they're living in a society that's brainwashing them, like the way to be popular, the way to be successful, the way to is to be weak. Right. And so they're pursuing weakness with their dress, with their hair, with their posture, with everything they have. They're pursuing that. Then they don't have a lot of success with women. Right. And then what happens is it's just like, well, what do you think is the next step? (laughs) Okay, (laughs) but then like you know, Satan's plan is obviously to make men like like to make men unattractive to women, and like that weak, pansy, spineless kind of man is not going to be attracted to the vast majority of women. But then like you know, the feminist who like you know burns her bra and cuts her hair short and refuses to wear makeup and lets her you know armpit hair grow long. (laughs) <laughs> it wears the earth tones, you know, like colors that wash her out, you know, uh, even though she doesn't have the right complexion for that kind of thing. Like that kind of girl is attractive to no one, right? And so fundamentally, what, what this project is doing is it's making men and women revolting to each other, essentially. And no one's allowed to say the obvious. Like that's so I think that there's the point there is I just think that there's a lot of people who are like, they don't have like, they have no one to tell them how to survive in prison. <laughs> <laughs> kind of thing uh, you know assuming they get thrown in there for the sake of the gospel <laughs> you know it's, yeah, but they don't have anyone like to tell them how to you know I mean, my dad told me how to pursue women my dad told me how to walk how to talk how to you know that kind of stuff and like you know and I appreciate that you know he taught me Just what it means to be a man. But then all those things right now are just viewed as, you know, that's just these, you know, archaic uh, stereotypes and, you know, cultural, you know, well, pressure. And it's just like, no, I I think that there's something legitimate. So I, I think that there's a lot of people who are caught up in it and don't know. They don't have the framework to understand even like, um why that this is just like out of left field, like what are we even talking about? Because there's so many assumptions that are not shared between them and the actual biblical view of the world.
0: Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And I think kind of going back to that verse in first Corinthians um, 11, you know, chapter 11, verse 14 does not nature itself teach you that if a man wears long hair, it is a disgrace for him. I know I've seen, plenty of guys who don't have long hair on top of their head, but then they'll have the crazy bike biker gang beard. Right now. Paul is, he's not being specific in this passage in terms of what hair is long. So, um, you know, so is having the long beard, the same difference as having a long beard, Or, you know, long, uh, I guess this is like a weird way of saying, I don't know if if this is the right way to say it, but like a long head full of hair.
1: Yeah, I think in the passage over and over again, you hear like um, uh, it's a head covering passage. And so it's essentially saying that woman's hair is her head covering and, and it's designed by God to be a covering of her head and. You know, a man doesn't need to have uh, that uh, long hair as a head covering because that would be a sign of shame. But then, like, that's a very, um, it's one of those questions that does really cause you to teach, uh, to, to think through the issue of nature and what nature is teaching at that point. And so, like, the idea of a beard, uh, a beard has always been a sign of masculinity since the beginning of time. And so, like, it, it, you know, like, um, Everyone knows that if you if you see a man, like, let's just be honest, like, if you see a man with a full beard, what is the immediate adjective that comes to your mind?
0: He's obviously more manly than a guy without a beard, <laughs> with a baby right, face. Right,
1: right, right. And, and because it's obvious, like, what happens, like, what is nature teaching at that point? You know, when do men grow their beards, right?
0: <laughs> when they're men.
1: When they're men, you know, <laughs> like the, the what distinguishes the men from the boys is the beard, you know, and and so like the thing, w- the thing about the, I mean, that's always been the case, and that's been the case since time began. I mean, you know, you just think about, um, you know, some silly movie like How to Train a Dragon or something like that, <laughs> and, <laughs> and you know, uh, Hiccup's lack of beard is a profound source of shame to his father, Stoic <laughs> the Vast, you know, <laughs> like. But notice what's happening there, like you know, like that's a project to undermine traditional masculinity. Isn't it? Um, like the whole project, you know. But but then, like the thing is, like the, the the beard has always been a sign of masculinity because that's what nature teaches. Because that's what distinguishes a man from a woman. That's what makes a man a man. And if and, and everyone also knows that beards aren't designed for beauty. <laughs>
0: okay. Definitely not.
1: <laughs> They're not. You know. So now, what's happened? <laughs> Could though, you is, imagine like...
0: seeing a woman <laughs> with a full beard? <laughs>
1: a woman with a full beard with bows in it and everything else. Oh. A, uh, so, <laughs> a so but, but the thing braid. is So, but you're living in a society that basically it, you know, if you want to get ahead in the world and be a CEO of a corporation and everything else and like they you're encouraged to be feminine, right? And so we're trying to praise the men for cutting off their beards and and everything else. But then that's the thing that distinguishes the man from the woman as far as that goes. And then there's like a story in the Bible where um uh like the men had their beard shaved, and they they uh, and it was such a shame to them that they wouldn't go sing King, see King uh, King David or whatever <laughs> until their beards were <laughs> regrown. And it's just like we're so far from that. Like we're so far from that. But then the issue is, like you can look at it and say, "Oh, well, that's weird." But it's like, no, that's like nature teaching like something that we've. Minimized to such a degree at this point in this society that we just, we've lost the lesson as far as that goes. And so, like, uh, so, but like the beard is what distinguishes the man from the woman. And, and you're living in a society that praises femininity, it does, and it rejects masculinity. And that's obviously a sign of that. I mean, it obviously is. I mean, and no one can argue that, like, that's exactly what's going on. Like, you might not like the implications of it, but you know what's happening. You know that, that, uh, we're living in a society that wants, like, like men to be as girly as possible, which is why you have like you know, even fifteen years ago, whenever Pirates of the Caribbean came out, Johnny Depp, you know, with the long hair and the eyeliner, right? Like we're doing everything we can to you know, to to fix the problems, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like to basically uh, blur those lines, blur those distinctions, you know. But the thing is, I mean, I, I think the standard, you know, the standard, you know, blue collar worker. In flyover territory or whatever, knows that like, ooh, that's weird. Man bun, that's you know that's sissy and that's girly and that's weird and it's a pansy and and you know every you know um if, if if like every you know every society has had like those kind of words where it's like hey you take too much care of your hair and all the men in the room go Ugh, you know <laughs> like that's a dandy or you know that's a uh sissy, or that's uh like oh, I don't know, I oh, don't know, that's not good, you know, and so every- everyone you know everyone has that there's always been again like, that kind of intuition in general,
0: but okay, so my follow up question with that then we we've established beards are manly, um sure, yep, so let's say hypothetically someone were to have a really long manly beard and they paired it with a man bun <laughs> does the beard cancel out the man uh, bun in that equation
1: <laughs> yeah I mean it's uh, oh man I don't know how to uh, I don't know how to uh, um I mean it, it's like you know it's it's the same thing as taking like a very attractive woman and putting a beard on her Mm-hmm. what would everyone think
0: that's disgusting
1: Okay. So like, did that mitigate it? You know, (laughs) I mean, did it mitigate it? You know, like everyone would think, oh man, like you, you're sending, like what's happening is it, like you turn it into a caricature at that point. Right. You're sending mixed signals is what you're doing.
0: You're low, the lower half of your face is a man's yeah. face, and the upper you're half right. of your face is a woman's face. <laughs> is, that, is that what you're, you're saying?
1: Right, right. I mean, and just do it in the in the reverse, and it's just, like, everyone knows, like, it's just, like, what you've done is you've created a parody, essentially, as far as that goes. Uh, so, so like, the thing is, though, like, we pile those things up at every level. So, you, like, um, there are different ways that you can communicate femininity, right? Right. So you can communicate femininity through your walk, through your manner of speech, through just a lack of emotional control where you cry and everything else, like, for no reason, and you're always weeping, and, every, like, it, like all the male singers on singer shows who are just... Like, you can do that through, like, overly, uh, like, just um, trying to intentionally pursue singing as high as you possibly can in songs and everything else. You can do that through... um like your hair, you can do that with the kind of clothes that you wear. Like, and so the more that you, you know, I, I think that there's plenty of things like that that should, like, if you're sensitive to the game that's being run on you, like, if you're aware of what's happening, that you're living in a society that's trying to make you a female and detestable to most women, right? Then you should, tr- you, like, you just have to have your eyes open. You have to ask, what are the ways that this is happening? How is this game being run on me? but the more that more that you do it like there might be thing i mean i could just tell you something silly i mean you know the uh, v neck kind of shirt phenomenon in men you know honestly i have i bought um i think my wife maybe bought me a, a v neck shirt at some point and it wasn't like a plunging v-neck
0: <laughs> it wasn't one of those ones that goes all the way down to your belly button <laughs> no
1: it was, no uh,
0: <laughs> they make those by the way it was
1: a modest it was a modest one but then i would tell you that it, <laughs> a gentle <yeah>. v <laughs> it was a more of a squared off v you know <laughs> yeah uh, uh but then uh, every time i wore that i was just like man i just i, I can't do it can't do it can't do it you know, and I tried to wear it, you know, and I maybe got to wear it about 10 times and I was like, I'm done. I can't, I can't do it anymore. You know, but that's just the kind of thing that someone does who's sensitive to the project. And so, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you start multiplying those things, it becomes more, more and more and more significant to where, you, you know, but then... Yeah. So the, beard, the the short of it, though, is no, I don't think the beard mitigates. <laughs> <You're> just,
0: <laughs> that math creating. doesn't work out. Does no,
1: it? no, no. It it, well, it doesn't work the opposite way, and everyone knows it. Mm-hmm.
0: You know. Like uh Yeah, that would be gross.
1: You know, like, ladies I ladies don't know, bear, try and grow a beard. Just you know, picture Miss America kind of woman with a mustache and you're just like everyone's
0: like, oh no. no, no. You, uh, you 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 definitely you, are losing that pageant if you can go up you, there with a mustache. You took
1: away with your left hand what you gave with your right, you know, it's just like, <laughs> no, 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 don't just stop, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. But, but. No, no, that that makes sense. And just to clarify too, uh for for those of you listening. Uh, Tim and I, we are definitely not in violation of this command that Paul is giving. Um, we don't have any video. We don't have any video up where you can see us, but I promise you, our hair, our hair is about as short as it gets.
1: <laughs> yeah, it fell. Uh, yeah, mine started going. So, well, but, um,
0: I, I didn't want to say the yours. Was, <laughs> I didn't want to say that yours was going because I didn't want to get mauled by any. By any bears yeah. tonight? <laughs>
1: yeah. Hey, you got to be careful. You know, uh, be careful with that. You know, we may call the she bears on you.
0: The she bears. I, <laughs> I don't feel like getting mauled. <laughs> so, uh, uh, one other question that I have, I've talked a lot about for the person who has, for the guy who has long hair. Essentially, what he's doing, whether he realizes it or not, is he's rejecting the design that God had for him. Uh, uh, in creation, he's rejecting that design from God as a man. Um, one another aspect that you brought up was this idea of culture and how culture views what is manly and what is, um, or what's masculine and, and what's feminine. And some examples of that would just be, you know, Japanese culture or Native American culture, where it is it it seems like. Uh, it was actually a manly thing to have long hair. So you see all the pictures and the paintings and the movies of, uh, of Japanese samurai, for example. And they have these, you know, uh, they, they literally have man, you know, man buns before man buns were cool kind of thing. And so, so should that, I mean, if you're living in that kind of culture, should, does that change the command at all that you get from paul if you're the japanese christian reading first corinthians um are, is is this command applying to you in a different way because your culture legitimately views long hair as an actual masculine trait
1: yeah so i think there's two things that you want to think about as it relates to that i mean i think in general as a Like one of the things that you want to do is you want to say, hey, what are the symbols of masculinity in our society and what are the symbols of femininity and then be very cautious about mixing those kind of things. And so obviously at a certain point in history, everyone wore robes. Uh, right, right, yeah. and so uh, now you know men wear pants, and you know women wear dresses, and so you can go the Steven Anderson route and say, "Well, Jesus didn't wear a dress; he wore he wore you know a suit and tie," or, like,
0: but, <laughs> or like the the, um, the Emperor's New Groove. It's not a dress; it's a robe.
1: It's <laughs> a robe, yeah. So, but the thing is, like, yeah, I think that there's you know part of the language, knowing the language of reculture is, is like there that you should. um understand well what communicates femininity and what communicates masculinity and in every kind of society that you live in so uh, when you know when uh, the women's liberation movement happened and everything else uh, post-world war ii and all that like women started wearing pants and and then you know women started wearing pantsuits and there was a reaction to that at the time that it you know women don't wear dresses anymore right like you know, you don't want to wear a garment pertaining to man pants or that. Now it's become normalized, and now they don't communicate maybe the same thing anymore. But I think most men would look back and say, "Hey, we we appreciated it more when there was sharper distinctions in dresses than what the, dress than what there are now." Like any guy is gonna love when their wife wears a dress, you know. That kind of thing, despite what anyone you know is allowed to actually say. So I think you know whatever society you live in, those symbols might change as it relates to clothing to some degree. But you shouldn't be the one who is basically trying to walk the bleeding edge of fashion w- blindly wherever it goes. You should understand you know what you're chucking. Now I mean, so part part of it is yes, I think you know there are things in every society that are going to communicate. In certain ways. But then the problem is that societies are not neutral. And so, uh, because of multiculturalism, one of the things that's happened essentially is that we're told we have to uncritically praise every single culture, period. Okay? Yeah, like, so every culture must be praised. You must view it in a positive, favorable lens. But this is part of how the question is coming about. You know, our man bun's a signal of the decline of the West, or whatever. And part of part of the thing to say is yes, Western civilization was built on a Christian foundation, and it's that foundation that we're trying to chuck. And and the huge cornerstone of that foundation is in the beginning, God made them male and female, and they're different, right? So I mean, you can go into a cannibalistic tribe, tribal situation. Uh, where they're all naked savages, you know, running around trying to kill you and eat you. And you and you have to be able to say, well, that's a bad culture, right? <laughs> like, like if the gospel is going to shape that culture, you're going to come into that kind of culture and you're going to teach them to put on clothes. And that's not just some like Western imperialist who are like, you know, basically imposing their values on the pagans. That's like Christianity coming to reform the uh, – uh, the 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 paganism of uh, the tribal people does that make sense and so when you think about like cultures like you know the the indian uh, native american culture american indian culture or whatever you 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 think about that kind of culture or japanese samurai culture, culture. one of the things to realize is that you know like i've ha- i've had missionary friends who've gone to japan and they'll tell me that like there is superstition and mysticism over there, and like and demons are active and alive there in a way that's just abnormal in the states as far as that goes, and and I would say that you know like science did not arise from an Eastern worldview that was built with you know this uh, superstition and you know, d- d- like with with all the distinctions between order and chaos and like the uh, the, the 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 tribalism and everything else and uh, like spiritism and animism and all that like that. D- d- Science didn't arise from that kind of worldview, and so it's no shock to me that, like, like if you have a worldview that's fundamentally hostile, and you don't have to treat it with kid gloves as if it's absolutely neutral and there's nothing going on, that they would mix up these fundamental things that the West was able to distinguish between. Does that make sense? I mean, like, my goodness, like Native Americans came and scalped their enemies. You know, <laughs> like
0: yeah, I don't want to live like, in that society.
1: I mean, you think about some of the stuff that was happening with uh, child sacrifice in in, uh, South America and everything else. And, like, there's... You know, like uh, you think about what's actually happening among Native American culture. I mean, they were uh, tribes that were committing genocide against each other. You know, <laughs> I mean, like we can, you know, we're taught to view them as if they were just these peaceful, you know, people that basically had a neutral culture, and we can't criticize it. But, but you know, if you're looking at it from a Christian worldview, you 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 would say, hey, they don't have the light of the gospel. It might be that they get a lot of things fundamentally wrong. It may be that they're doing the same kinds of things that our society is trying to do right now. And God says that, you know, if a man wears a garment of a woman, that's an abomination to him. Uh, That's an abomination. And he he says these are the things that the nations were doing that uh, you're going to drive out. I'm coming in judgment because... They're blurring gender lines at every single conceivable level. And it seems to me, without having to adopt some kind of simplistic manifest destiny or something like that kind of framework, where, you know, the uh, God, um, it, it, you know, I, I think that God has often come in judgment of pagan nations who are doing that kind of thing. Uh, and the light of the gospel has come to basically drive certain inhabitants of the land out. Now, I'm not trying to say that, you know, the American con- conquest of, uh, the, or the... Uh, uh, the Spanish you know, Inquisition the, uh, or something. Yeah, I'm not trying to say that everything that happened uh, to get us uh, from, you know, the conquistadors coming over and the pilgrims coming over and everything else. Like, there's a lot of different types of people coming over for different reasons. And I'm not trying to say that everything with the, you know, the conquistadors and everything else is great and the trail of tears and everything. I'm not trying to say that's great, but there's obviously uh some insights that western civilization got from the scriptures and the, you know, the distinctions between male and female that were good and now we're tossing them over you know the edge of the boat at every single level essentially. And so you, you don't have to just because, you know, these um pagans like you, you know conceived of long hair as a good thing doesn't mean that uh long hair in men as a good thing is no evidence in of itself that you know these things are purely neutral. I'm, I'm going to go with Paul. You know, is what I'm going to say. Maybe Paul knows what he's talking about and go with that more than I'm going to. You know, lean on multiculturalism and everything okay, else. Okay, so
0: so essentially, you know, the long and short of it is, hey, culture should not be the primary thing informing us when it comes to what's masculine and what's feminine because cultures aren't inherently. Uh, neutral, neutral, right, and so, right, so it's it's much safer, much safer to just default to what the Bible says and say, hey, you know what, I, I want to honor the Lord, and I want to do whatever, I, I want to put myself in a position that will honor Him, you know, and so I'm just gonna, okay. all right, Paul says short hair, you know what, I'm gonna wear short hair because I fear the Lord, right. <laughs>
1: Well, and I think if you were to add up the sum total of all cultures around the world, you know, one of the things that you would probably find like throughout all time that women have always wanted to be pretty and men have always wanted to be strong.
0: Mm-hmm. right? Yeah.
1: And everyone has known since the beginning of time, long hair is like a sign of femininity and there's no way to erase it. And you might have an outlier here or there, but the outlier doesn't prove the general rule, which is obviously what nature is teaching. Does that make sense?
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think that's a, a, a good stopping point uh, for us on this episode. So uh hopefully this has been an encouraging topic for you. And, and we, we hope you guys who are listening really think through what we're saying. I, I, I remember when I first read this passage, wondering how in the world is this supposed to be an actual command? But then now I'm just, I'm just totally convinced of it, you know, after, after more study and, and, um, and getting Tim getting to talk to you a lot about it, getting a lot of clarification on sort of the underlying assumptions that are supporting this command. And so hopefully this is helpful for you guys. And so we want to thank you guys for listening, and we look forward to having you on the next episode. This has been another episode of Bible Bashed. We hope you have been encouraged and blessed through our discussion. We thank you for all your support and ask you to continue to like and subscribe to Bible Bashed and share our podcast with your friends and on social media. Please reach out to us with your questions, pushback, and potential topics for us to discuss in future episodes at BibleBashedPodcast at gmail.com. Now, go boldly and obey the truth in the midst of a biblically illiterate world who will be perpetually offended by your every move.